Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So it's the morning after the final presidential debate. I'm in Washington, D.C. on remote location, and you'll hear some background noise. But I want to discuss the trend of these debates and the general trend of the presidential campaign season. We can have some perspective now. We can see what has happened. uh, And I think we can anticipate some trends and and comment on some uh, important markers. Uh, The first thing I want to comment on is simply how outsized debates like this have become. Uh, Mr. Obama almost blew his entire campaign in uh, 90 bad minutes of debate in the first debate. Um, Some will say, well, that's who he genuinely is. Well, I think we see that that's not the case. The broader issue is, you know, why do these debates carry such weight? Both men represent very defined worldviews. They represent very defined political platforms. That's what's of issue in addition to their experience and competence. Uh, Most of that's not reflected uh, in these debates. These debates are beauty contests. They tend to be about uh, gotcha moments and energy and presentation and who looks good and who's huffing and puffing. Uh, I think we need to be careful. Uh, We need to be cautious. Uh, One of the commentator friends uh, of mine in D.C., and this is a little bit crude, uh, said that if one of the uh, candidates had breast implants put in, they probably would win the election. His point was, it's such a beauty contest, it doesn't have to do with substance. Now, that's not the campaign as a whole. But that is the way these debates have played out, and we need to be careful about that. We need to be people of substance uh, who believe uh, that policies, that ideas, that platforms matter. Uh, And then we look at the competence of the man, and we look at the leadership experience of the man. Uh, Another thing I wanted to point point out about last night uh, is that Mr. Romney used a phrase. He said that Mr. Obama had gone on an apology tour when he first became president. And there's a sense in which that's true. Mr. Obama did go abroad, did apologize for America, did say, We've not always been great. We've not always been good. Uh, Forgive us. And this defines a fundamental difference between the two men. Uh, Mr. Romney believes that the problem with America is represented by Mr. Obama Uh, and and people like him. Uh, Liberalism, overspending, bloated government, uh, loss maybe of traditional values. Mr. Romney believes, I'm sorry, Mr. Obama believes uh, that what is wrong with America is deeper, more historic, Uh, Remember, he's a black man. Remember, he was raised in poverty. Remember, he was also raised in Hawaii and then abroad. Um, He sees American society as a a bit as an outsider, certainly more so than any other president we've ever had. And so he believes that America has fundamental flaws that have really continued all through her history. America is redeemable, but it's deeply flawed. So this defines the difference between the two men. And we'll talk more about their vision for America uh, in just a moment. I, I think it's important to point out, too, that the two men have a great deal of overlap in their politics. This is endemic in a two-party system. Uh, you're going to have a certain amount of overlap. You're going to have the two parties kind of growing together as they compete for the same voters. It's different from the system in England. It's different from the system in India. Uh, it's different from the system, let's say, in Germany, where you have a number of parties. They went, represent a wide variety of views on the political spectrum. Uh, we are not in America, given in the two parties widely differing views. That's just not the case. And so last night you heard Mr. Romney saying repeatedly, I agree, they handled that well, I would have done the same thing. That's not just in foreign policy. That's simply the way uh, it's continuing to be. And it's something we ought to note because there are more perspectives on the political stage than represented by these two parties. And maybe that's a case for some third and fourth parties down the road. 
Another issue that I thought was very important last night, and it continues to be an issue for Mr. Romney, is that he frequently gets his facts wrong. Now, this is an intelligent man, a well-educated man, a successful man, but I'm, I'm stunned that he continues to make factual errors. Now, within the first 24 hours after this debate, as with the other debates, um, uh, researchers are able to verify that, that repeatedly uh, the strong assertions that he made were based on inaccuracies. I don't understand this. Maybe somebody can tell me what this is online, uh, but, I, but I think it's something we ought to pay attention to, and it does not serve Mr. Romney well. The, the thing that I think is most significant about last night, and, and uh, especially from a Christian perspective, uh, is that Mr. Romney said that America is the great hope of the world. Uh, Mr. Obama said uh, that America is the indispensable nation. Now, I realize to some extent this is political overspeak, but, but I have to say that it's, it's very, very uh, significant that these two men believe these things, particularly Mr. Romney. He's a Mormon. He believes America is divinely ordained. He believes that America will play a role in the millennium, that Jesus actually walked bodily on this land, that this is a land out of which the world will be redeemed along with Israel. Uh, I, I think that both of these perspectives lean idolatrous. Uh, from a Christian perspective, they are idolatrous. America's a great nation. It's a called nation. It has a, it has a purpose in God. But it's not, there's no, certainly no biblical reason, or I think historic reason, to believe that America is inherently greater than every other nation. In fact, true greatness would be about making other nations great, uh, not continuing to celebrate the unique greatness of America. I'm a patriot. I'm a conservative. I love my country. I think that we need to be careful about these kinds of statements. They are overspeak and they don't serve us well in the world. Uh, finally, I want to say this, that, that I, we are now a couple of weeks from the uh, election, from election day. I think despite what some of the polls are showing that uh, Mr. Obama is going to win. I think it's going to be a very tight race. I think he is going to win. I could be wrong, and if I am, I'll come back in a later podcast uh, and, and uh, sort of break down the, the voting patterns and, and, and certainly admit that I was wrong. But right now, I would say he's going to win by a point or two. The next administration is going to face some very deep crises. I think we're going to have a very serious downturn economically uh, for a period of months. We'll recover fine, I believe, but it's going to be uh, truly... Um, uh, a troubling ride. And I think the next man in office is going to have to rise to leadership or he'll be crushed by events. Uh, both men are good. Both men are capable. But they do represent very different worldviews and very different approaches. Um, and I think that uh, we will see Mr. Obama win. But whoever wins, uh, we'll need to pray for them, stand for them. And of course, you'll need to vote your conscience, your faith, because this is a critically important election. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN, and a blogger for a number of leading online news services. His groundbreaking books on faith and American society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Faith of Barack Obama, The Mormonizing of America, and the soon-to-be-released Lincoln's Battle with God. You can learn more about Stephen at www.mansfieldgroup.com and connect with him on Facebook and on Twitter under the name Mansfield Writes. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell for Chartwell Literary Group.